0: We are back on a very fiery West Coast for another episode of Sartorial Splendor. I'm still alive. Chad is still alive. He has graciously agreed to join me today so I can pick his brain. Chad, you want to say hi?
1: Hello. <laughs> Chad makes is it down there? smelly
0: things that smell really <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> so I hear. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big critic of my own stuff. Uh so so let's see a little bit about myself. So the name's Chad Bilesma. My, my brand, everybody struggles with pronouncing the name. Um it's uh Aj de Curel. The name kind of started off as a joke and then it stuck. And I'm a big fan of not taking yourself too seriously. So um I feel like that's that helps me operate in my creative process as well Um, once I try to be too serious then things get messed up so Mm -hmm. I just like to be easy about it.
0: (laughs) Well you're in the right place friend because here at the (laughs) Fundamentals, if we're not overly neurotic about analyzing things we're a walking ball of chaos.
1: Absolutely that's what I love about your podcast so
0: um, so a little bit of background, like Chad said, he he's the perfumer and the nose behind the Seattle-based house, Ajda Curel and I know you initially started, you had a Kickstarter campaign back in 2018. Yes, I did. And that yes. was successful, and now we're here.
1: Yes. I might add that it was only successful thanks to a last-minute, very large donation, Uh It it kind of shocked me. I had actually resigned myself to having to just start from scratch uh, because I was about $1,200 short with an hour left to go. And then I was at work and I decided to check my email. And then I get this email saying, congratulations. And I was like, well, that's rude. Saying congratulations when I didn't get it. Well, someone had decided to drop $1,200 in last minute. And I made the cut. It still managed to be, you know, two years till I was able to, maybe a year and a half till I was actually able to launch. But yeah, it worked. And now here we are.
0: Here we are. And you actually have six fragrances out now. Um, I've personally, uh, for those of you listening, I've actually personally reviewed um, Eau de Cologne. I reviewed that for the site. You guys might have seen that. Uh, but you have three new fragrances out from your uh, black label line.
1: Black, yeah, the blacklisted collection.
0: Listed, sorry. Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's Friday, <laughs> y'all.
0: Uh, it's the Friday when we're recording this. It's the Friday after Labor Day, and everything's on fire over here. So I'm going to blame the smoke inhalation.
1: <laughs> it's pretty awful, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, that, The view from my apartment got worse since that that picture I sent you earlier. So,
0: see, today uh... I found out Mr. Chad likes memes, so now I'm just (laughs) like, oh no, we're gonna get along way too well. Like we love (laughs) memes on the fundamentals. We will try to meme anything we can. So I'm just like, and then you sent me the Game of Thrones one. I'm like, ah, you know us too well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Nerds find themselves. Uh and and we, we know how to entertain each other. So
0: exactly. <laughs> um for those of you who are longtime listeners of Game of Thrones, um I will put the meme Game of Thrones of the fundamentals and you've listened to all of our unabashed book snobbery. Like if you guys basically followed us because we shit post everything on Game of Thrones, I'm gonna put the little <laughs> meme in below and it's Cheryl. You'll understand Cheryl. You know who I'm talking about, right after she blew up King's Landing it's making fun of you know how one of our fires are because of a gender reveal pyrotechnic thing that went wrong it's amazing you'll love it
1: the but death star one was classic too
0: the death star one was good the watchman one he was just flinging me- memes at me left and right and i was like oh you're a nerd we are going to have fun uh-huh. today
1: oh yeah yeah so, i'm uh a, i'm i'm a kind of across the uh across the board nerd i'm uh I can obsess over perfumes, comic books, cars, music, subgenres of music, uh, you name it. I've I've probably obsessed over it. So
0: now yeah. I know I've noticed <laughs> when I check out your Instagram stories, you're a pretty big punk fan.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm uh I'm a that's that's a big influence on a lot of what I do.
0: When I was and this is me showing my age but back when i was in high school i was on like the tippy tippy tail end of the riot girl movement so okay. um again like i am uncomfortably showing my age here but like high school <laughs> Corey had some pretty colorful hair at certain points <laughs> during <laughs> her formative years if it wasn't like platinum blonde i remember one time it was neon pink one time it was like fire engine red like Riot Girl was my thing. I was just like the Murmurs, especially. Yeah. And Leisha Haley's like bright pink hair. I don't know why I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I would like (laughs) drive to school with my little adapter cassette plugged in and my like 94 Oldsmobile with my little Walkman playing You Suck from the Murmurs over and over and over on repeat.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I didn't. I think I, I think I caught the very end of that and just never really, you know, being, being in the suburbs outside of Seattle, I didn't really quite catch up, catch on to that stuff, um, until years later. And so it's, it's one of those things where I have friends who were into it and, you know, they, they all missed the, uh, uh, wow, I'm, I'm just totally having a brain fart there was a big reunion tour happening this year that ended up being canceled because of COVID. Bikini Kill, jeez, <laughs> it's been a long day. And smoke, smoke
0: inhalation, smoky. smoke it's inhalation. That's halation. our excuse today. It covers it everything. Is. It
1: is. Uh, but yeah, so I've got a lot of friends who were just, you know, for that reunion, they were just losing their mind, and I was like, cool. <laughs> I had, like I get it. I, I just wasn't there for it, so it's not mm-hmm. as. It's it, it didn't have as big of an impact on me. Meanwhile, you know, what was it, three years ago, I got a chance to see uh, Limp wrist play in Seattle for the first time in over a decade. And I just completely lost my mind and, uh, you know, cried for days afterwards. It was great. So, you know, I'm all over the place.
0: So you grew into the... See, I kind of, like, I was, like you know high school corey was super into punk and then yeah unfortunately she found third wave ska and like (laughs) less than jake's mighty mighty boss tones wound up like consuming my life in college and then i was just like okay i'm gonna go find the most obnoxious music possible and that's just what i'm gonna love and now i'm like eurovision trash so everybody grows at their own rate
1: I will say, since you mentioned uh, Less Than Jake, The Science of Selling Yourself Short, when that song came out, that was the theme song for my life right then. I was in the pits and just needed a change. And I heard that song and was just like, what? Somebody wrote a song about me.
0: Okay, so somebody else acknowledges that ska music, third wave ska music, can be good. See, I'm not the only one. Like, Dan and I, uh, one of the other managing editors for the site, it's like, I swear, we're the only two ska fans we know, because anytime you bring up third wave ska to somebody else, they kind of give you that side eye, like, oh, you're one of those.
1: yeah yeah it you know a lot of people like to rag on it and you know there there's a lot of third wave ska and by the way why is it that uh ska and feminism are the only things we measure in waves like there's no, this first really wave second wave third wave feminism and first wave second wave third wave ska like i can't think of anything else that we have waves oh actually no, no mean... black metal black metal does but well that's
0: true i mean i can kind of get why as far as like third wave ska just because like it came from the caribbean and yeah. then like third wave ska is like a mechanically it's similar but it yeah. kind of got seized by punk and it just ran completely over in another direction
1: yeah and it was very it felt a, it, in a lot of ways it was a lot more like pop punk you know mm-hmm. uh, especially in you know the lyrical themes of it was uh, much more you know woe is me girls don't like me kind of stuff Um, you know which is fun too Uh
0: (laughs) well but I mean it it lent itself to doing covers of pop songs too like I don't know if you've heard Save Ferris's Come On Eileen
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: yeah, like that and, one yeah. was or, huge. Or real
1: real big fish uh doing uh take on me.
0: Yeah, that one um
1: classic.
0: Yeah, like man, this is really I do you remember me first in the gimme gimmies? Have you ever heard of yeah, them? Yeah,
1: I oh yeah. I I listen to them all the time. Yeah,
0: they're not necessarily <laughs> ska, but they are like the kings of taking covers of of just like taking well-known songs whether it's like pop or like 50s duop or broadway songs and just like completely reflipping them.
1: Oh yeah. I I mean that they're they're probably one of the best cover bands ever. Um they're just phenomenal and and the stage banter of a live performance is is second to none. Um yeah. They it, they're just fun. <laughs> good times
0: yeah see it's fun it's fun music i mean punk can be very political um very very overtly political and one of the things that i know attracts a lot of people to punk music is the fact that it's like i'm gonna tell you how i think the world sucks Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna beat Mm -hmm. around the bush about it
1: yeah yeah and uh and you know that's always been one of my draws to it and i it's kind of weird how there's been this move recently it feels fairly recent at least of these people especially older punks who are complaining about punk getting political and i'm like what have you been listening to
0: <laughs> what were you listening to as a kid
1: I've it's I, always
0: I, been political
1: I, I saw a post on facebook from uh the dead kennedys about something to do with trump and all these comments on there are like Stick to the music. Keep politics out of it. I'm like, it's the dead Kennedys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which band have you been listening to? It's just so bizarre. So I mean, yeah. there was a
0: group I listened to, Five Iron Frenzy, and they were like overtly oh. Christian, but they were very oh much in that God. vein of. I know. Is that of last from the past or what? Were um, they t-
1: Were they on Tooth and Nail?
0: I. They think they were.
1: Okay, I think most of those Christian ska and punk bands were tooth and nail slash solid state.
0: But, uh, like, a lot of the stuff they talked about, like, they were anti-capitalism, they really went hard on, like, how colonialism fucked over Native Americans.
1: I didn't know that. I never listened to them because I didn't want to listen to a a Christian band.
0: Well, no, like, they have a song... (laughs) Years later, I ended up. Yeah, like, their song Giants, it's literally about the, like, one of the lyrics is the ghost of Adam Smith. There are giants roaming the land, i.e. the massive corporations.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, that, like, that just completely blew my mind because, uh, you know, I had friends uh, in school from middle school through high school who were who were into them and other, uh, you know, tooth and nail bands, um, you know, and they, they were like, you know, skate punks, but like they didn't cuss and they didn't drink and, didn't smoke and you know went to church and stuff like that and uh I just always like you know we're friends but you know keep that over there I'm gonna listen to my you know nihilist stuff (laughs) and uh
0: I mean and and I
1: kind of I kind of feel like I missed out on uh, a bit of things uh because of that there's also some that I'm I'm glad I didn't listen well yeah uh they're not good people but (laughs)
0: I got away with listen like i like I'm Muslim now, but I was born and raised in like the Church of Christ, okay, which is a denomination of Christianity, which is like there should be no musical instruments in worship, so like I got to miss out on all of like that Christian contemporaries, I didn't have to deal with any of it. Yeah. I got to skip over all of it, but I got to listen to Five Iron Frenzy because they weren't singing Christian songs. They were singing songs about social commentary. And then they were like, okay. oh, well, Jesus doesn't say go stone this person. Jesus says loves everyone. That's as like as religious as they really got. Okay. So I got to listen to them. And then I was like really forming little Corey's views on like, oh, capitalism sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. See, I just had, uh, I had, you know, Rage Against the Machine for that. And then, you know, that didn't last for very, you can only listen to that over and over so many times. And Mm -hmm. then you need to move on to something else. See, I like through a good part of high school, I was more like into metal. And then it was, uh, I think it was senior year, a friend of mine, uh, he was a punk and he just was like, he was always, you know, he hated most of the music I listened to, but he's like, Hey, you should listen to, you know, and, uh, like hate breed and blood for blood and sick oh, of it so all. The
0: harder stuff.
1: Yeah, he he played me some hardcore, and that that drew me into you know the you know the hard hardcore, and then that ended up being my gateway into you know. Then he was like, oh, you know, you should also check out Social Distortion, and and then mm-hmm. eventually, next thing you know, I'm like into all of it, um, and uh, yeah, it was it. You know, I I was uh, like, I mean, I listen to everything. And I don't mean like those people who are like, oh, I listen to everything except country and rap. I listen to like everything um, from, you know, classical to harsh noise to you know, Dolly Parton to...
0: Well, who doesn't love Dolly Parton? I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> Seriously. And, and, you know, Willie Nelson. And then, uh, I don't know. I listen to all kinds of stuff but i feel like overall i just more identify with the 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 ethics and attitude of punk
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and uh yeah so that's you know and largely from coming from the uh the politics side of it so yeah but yeah there's there's i speaking of christian bands though i there was one a friend of mine who a friend of mine from high school introduced me to Living Sacrifice I've and never they were like one of of them, the, but that they, they were like one it. of the heaviest yeah they were like one of the heaviest bands I'd ever heard he didn't know they were a Christian band when he introduced me to them I and I don't, I don't know how I missed with a name like Living Sacrifice that that's what they were um, <laughs> it seems kind of obvious especially with uh, you know an album cover that has a bunch of nails on it I'm like come on um, I used to do a lot of drugs, so um <laughs> that might have been why I missed it uh but they're they're an incredible band, and one of those bands that uh didn't later show themselves to be also horribly political pe- people with bad politics right um, they're they're actually from everything I've gathered they're actually decent people so
0: but i mean I think it's something about with like people who either have been in punk or like retain that spirit of punk you know like the walking Mm -hmm. chaos people I think Mm -hmm. you can see that like with your fragrances though like the type of choices you make (laughs) I know with Mm -hmm. my big thing when I reviewed Eau de Cologne was like you actually just decided I'm gonna go there with the peppermint
1: oh hell yeah oh that was that was I mean as I we've we've had this conversation before like that that one was originally I was just making my own uh aftershave and I love mint. I love peppermint in mm-hmm. perfumes. Uh I love a minty aftershave and I was like and I the original formula was actually more subdued on the peppermint. Um so I when I actually made it into a perfume, I just I was like, no this needs more. I gotta I gotta amp this up and uh oh yeah. And I, and I appreciate you appreciating the amount of peppermint that's in it because um, it's, I, yeah, peppermint's amazing.
0: Oh, I agree. Like I, when I did the review um, for this particular fragrance, I wrote in there that I was one of those little weirdos. that Like I, I could just do straight peppermint oil. Like I yeah. love yeah. peppermint, yeah. any kind of mint. Yeah. And actually really quick because we completely launched into music and then we forgot to do a scent check. Oh, yeah. Let's do scent check. <laughs> and then I want to bring up, you know, just a basic conversation thread point and see what you have to, what your opinion is. So really okay. quick, um, what is your scent that you're wearing today?
1: I am wearing a uh, LDDM by Tower. Uh, I always mispronounce the name. L- Lair du de Desert to de Moroccan. Mer- Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> LDDM. It's one of the most amazing. Anybody who's listening to made. this
0: will either figure it out or they'll go Google it.
1: Yeah, but it's it's that was my introduction to uh more well, independent and niche perfume. Uh my wife bought me a bottle of it for our first Christmas when we were dating and uh I just I w- it just blew my mind. So, I I just earlier this year uh bought a new bottle uh for the first time. So, yeah, it's it's wonderful.
0: I, I think it's one of John. Uh, he's our other fragrance reviewer. I think that's one of his favorites, actually.
1: It, I feel like it has to be... I don't know how anybody smells it and doesn't fall in love with it. Um,
0: well, you know, part of the problem is, is if you haven't smelled it and you put off and put off and put off doing it because there are all these other houses that you wanted to explore and then everybody else hyped it up to you like no you have to do it you have to do it this is the best true. thing ever in my experience i was like oh this is nice this is not what y'all hyped it up to be in my head
1: <laughs> right that is true um but i'm John like was that like
0: you like that was one yeah. of the first ones that he got into niche fragrances with was L yeah D- L- 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 That's that one that yeah <laughs> that one but, yeah, but you know, for me, like this, I just tried it like a month ago. Oh, okay. So wow. I am so you real, had years
1: of hearing yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm like that as well. Um, with almost anything, uh, whether it's perfume or music, like you know, a new album will drop, and somebody, everybody, everybody I know will be hyping it and hyping it, and I'll listen to it, and I'll be like, okay.
0: I think it's I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's that, <laughs> that punk spirit because you're a little bit contrarian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When, I feel like when I like, feel like the masses yeah.
0: hype it up, like part of you just digs your heels and you're like, you know, I'll whatever. You <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um yeah, it's uh yeah, that definitely happens to me. There's a there's a few uh and I, honestly there's quite a few that are overly hyped in the uh fragrance community that mm-hmm. uh uh, i think you've talked about on your show before. yes i have uh,
0: but before we art. go off into that um i'm actually wearing <laughs> confessions of a garden gnome from fort and manly it's a much greener scent because it's okay. kind of warm over here and i didn't want to okay. put it on anything too heavy <laughs> yeah um yeah but here's i need my... to check that one out i love them i love them I, I would offer to send you a sample but i think i gave it to amina or maybe dan i gave it to somebody i don't remember okay. who um i would recommend fort and manly uh trying them out though they do quite a bit of creative stuff and their discovery yeah. kit isn't too terribly expensive i don't think okay um But to my question, it goes actually all the way back to what we were talking about with peppermint of like, that was the note you decided to take a risk with, which I was really impressed by because Mm -hmm. also with hype, it seems like sometimes the fragrance community can, you know, and I say this with love, I say this with Mm -hmm. love, can maybe go through like, oh, this, this is the note du jour of the hour. Right. Right. And, you know, I think like the last two years, it's been oud yeah and i'm not saying it was bad even but i'm like yeah i get so excited when i see people experimenting with notes that aren't oud or animalics to see where we can push those and it doesn't always work like my Mm -hmm. fragrance review that went up today um mem like the guy tried to do something with lavender it was too much for me but i Mm. love that he tried it
1: right oh that's another one that i'm i i have to show a lot of restraint with Lavender because I love it so much, it, I I really have to pull back with my use of lavender when I'm working on. The I didn't project. think it was
0: possible for me to be like, no, this is too much lavender. But MEM did it for me. <laughs> the wow. problem is, it also has like civet and castoreum in there, and I'm just like, okay, mm. these three are not a good combo <laughs> when they're this yeah, strong. I,
1: yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound like it would be great.
0: But. I mean, I love seeing, especially, and it seems a lot, especially with the indie creators, um, like, mm-hmm. you guys are kind of like, you can kind of see, it's like, well, okay, this has been really popular for a while, what if I experimented with this note?
1: Right. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things with, you know, being independent or, you know, niche brands is you don't have as much of the... uh there's a, there's, there's a lot more creative freedom. And uh, especially when you're independent, it's you're, you're doing what you want to do. And uh, you, you're not getting the, uh, what do they call them? Basically, you're not having a, you know, the corporate office sending you this write up of what they want, which essentially is, hey, you know, we want, Sauvage and Chanel blue and you know whatever else that's very similar are really popular right now also do that right like that and the the that's one of the things with designer fragrances of, of is that a lot of the time they're just trying to shoot for what's popular and that's part of the reason why everything is oud right now
0: exactly
1: the the you know everybody has recently learned about what oud is and so now I mean Axe body spray has an oud, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah,
0: no, again, we're not saying we don't like oud or we don't appreciate it, but yeah. um,
1: it's just everybody's doing it, right? And yeah, and I, I you know, I definitely I've got one fragrance that's uh, an oud scent, um, and I plan on doing a uh, a fancier version of it um, using some pretty expensive oud oil but it's not like i don't want to hype it too much you know Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's nice i like it but come on guys (laughs) we need some variety
0: (laughs) right well i mean and i i know i'm one to talk because like just this weekend i got in um whiskey from from farmacia and i'm just like yeah, I mean, I like mm-hmm. it, but it's probably the only really super oud heavy fragrance I allowed myself to get because I'm mm-hmm. I'm a boozy note fan. I love okay. boozy notes. I yeah. love them. Creation E slash Enigma from Roja, mm-hmm. maybe one of my favorites.
1: I've I've never I've only tried one Roja uh, perfume, and that was Elysium. So I I it's, don't have any I don't have a reference point.
0: <laughs> man, I gave my sample to Amina. This is like three people. I was like, I need more samples to send to people. Um, (laughs) It's a really, really good boozy fragrance. Um, Okay. What else is a good one? Um, The Tragedy of Lord George from Penhaligans. It has a really good brandy note in it. Um, I just love Penhaligans across the line because I just, I love fougeres. I love them.
1: Yeah, I'm Um, a big fougere fan.
0: Well, obviously we love lavender, so we must love (laughs) (laughs) and the barbershops but um you know so i i kind of ping pong back and forth between like boozy scents or like very um incense kind of um myrrh frankincense like the spicier scents or i love Mm -hmm. barbershops
1: yeah yeah i i have a tendency to go for really rich uh, so, somewhat boozy. I, I guess you could say some of them are boozy, uh, but I feel like my my things that I bounce back and forth between are like really rich patchouli with like a heavy amber presence mm-hmm. and then super fresh barbershop fougere uh, bright. And then I have these moments of I'm going to wear those obnoxious masculine designer scents. Um, I, I have this weird vibe with them. The, there's some that I spray them on and I know that I, the, it's obnoxious and I love it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've got a bottle of Mont Blanc Explorer and my next purchase is going to be a uh, Blue Parfum. So, okay. you know, like what you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I uh, whenever I put on uh, Y.
0: Did I really just uh, say Parfum? Parfum. Wow.
1: Parfum. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> this is the smoke. It's is the smoke. There we go. Um, but I have uh, the Yves Saint Laurent uh, Y Eau de Parfum. And uh, it's, oh my God. It's so, it's so much. And I love it. I hated it the first time I smelled it. I was like, why is this getting hyped up so much? It might've been the hype that made me hate it. But then I uh, I tried it out again and I just absolutely fell in love. And uh, it, but it's it's so much it's it's there's there's an ingredient in it uh, amber extreme, which that name is appropriate. It's it's a really intense amber. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's also in Callan Kel, Callan Callan by Parfums de Marly, and then pretty much anything Dominic Rupiand does has amber extreme in it, and it's just it is. It's choking. It's so strong, but I love it. (laughs) It's, it's just like, it's like the definitive bro ingredient.
0: I mean, I think people, you're going to like what you like and that's okay. Even if it's one of those obnoxious things um, other people may not like, you Mm -hmm. know, I, I, I got uh, Hyrax from Zoologist John, oh and I did I because that. we found out it had what hyracium in it.
1: Hyracium, yeah, yeah,
0: hyracium, and we were yeah. like, "Oh, we have to try this because you know that's what we do here."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I love it because that's the only uh, that's the only perfume by zoologists that used an actual animal musk because it doesn't. Disturb or harm an animal to right. get it.
0: Now you also have eco-friendly fragrances.
1: Yes, um, I, you know, I, I try my best to. Uh, there, there's some stuff that I'm like kind of unsure of. <laughs> you know, like uh, there's just certain blends. Like I use a uh, in blacklisted number one. One of the notes is uh, castorium, and I use a. Synthetic castorium blend by um, uh, IFF. It's called Castorium olifac. and it's uh, it's a very because I so I I bought a sample set from a site called or a Etsy store called the Apothecary's Garden, and it's a animal sampler, and it's just little test vials of natural animal based. Uh, fragrance tinctures Um, so it has hyracium castorium, propolis ambergris uh, civet you know and i wanted to get those to make sure i'm recreating the smells appropriately Um, because i i personally don't use animal products in anything i in my own life and so uh, i didn't want to use them in my perfumes either Mm -hmm. Um, with the exception of hyracium, since, well, actually ambergris too, because that's just scavenged off beaches. Um, there's a lot of belief that it's obtained through hunting, but if you were to kill a sperm whale for it's, uh, for the possibility of getting ambergris out of it,
0: it's like killing the golden goose.
1: Yeah. Like I, I think only like three to 5% of all, and I think it's only male sperm whales actually produce it end up producing it and then the good stuff has to age like decades <laughs> for it to be any good for perfumery the stuff that comes straight out of them is
0: pretty fat extre-
1: it's extremely fecal it is sometimes used in perfume you know there's some things that are in perfume that's that i mean there's there's a, a, a aroma chemical called uh scatol has scat in the name uh it it's a fecal note um and there you know you want to have those kind of gross smelling things to add a texture to the beauty of everything else because if you just added things that you like the smell of it's going to be very boring um you need to have that little extra to kind of give it a a texture and and a little bit more of a kick and sharpness so but anyways yeah uh, i i other than the cost, I'm, I'm not opposed to using natural ambergris, but it's just getting it, getting it at a reasonable price and then also it being a consistent quality every single time mm-hmm. doesn't result in a consistent perfume. And right. so, uh, you know, because you're not always going to be able to get white gold ambergris from that was found on a beach in Fiji. Yeah. And, and that, that's going to smell different than, you know, even really light colored ambergris that was found on a beach in California. Um, So.
0: I mean, a lot of it is working with what you're going to get your hands on. It's the
1: consistency. And that's one of the, Oh, right. Right. And uh, you know, and that's like, I use quite a bit of synthetics because one they're healthier for people. Like there's, there's a lot of, natural essential oils that are extremely toxic to people um you know a lot of people have allergies and so you know you want to have a consistent smell but you also want to have lower allergens you know i do use naturals as well and i I believe eau de cologne is probably my most natural perfume that i have it's at least 50 percent natural ingredients you know there's some of them that are can cause people to itch you know Mm -hmm. uh there's ethyl eugenol, or excuse me, methyl eugenol, in uh, everything from rose to clove to bay leaves, and I think about two percent of the population ha- can get skin rashes from that. That's two percent more than I care to risk causing right. problems for. <laughs> so I try to sh- I try to show a little restraint on those ingredients.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like the perfume industry hasn't had bad behavior in the past that would make us oh, want yeah. to show restraint now. I know, like, the musk deer was hunted almost oh. entirely to extinction. Right. You know, and I know, like, for some of those scents, you can't get it without killing the animal, like castoreum.
1: Right. right. And, you know, the, 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 the weird thing is, is, like, with castoreum, is it's, the, the castor sacs are actually a byproduct of the pelt industry, those are otherwise thrown away. And so, you know, some people view it as an ethical gray area of, you know, you might as well use all the animal um, instead of throwing away part of it. And so as a result, it's become a thing that's used in perfume. It's used in flavor. Well, yeah,
0: maybe if you live in Russia. <laughs> I mean, I'm no, not uh, most against... Of it, most,
1: most of it comes from Canada, but yeah.
0: I mean, I I understand, you know, there are certain... Areas of the world where it does make sense to wear fur, because if you're living in an Arctic winter wonderland, oh, yeah. yeah, you know you you need actually something that's going to keep you warm. So I mean, I right. do get that to an extent, right? Right. Um, but you know, it kind of seems like it's capitalist-driven a little bit. Oh,
1: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, they the amount of beavers in just Canada alone that are killed for the pelt trade uh, is I don't even, it's, it's a shocking number. Um, and I just, you know, I think of, you know, I like, I'm a Buddhist and I just kind of think of those as all, you know, lives that were, were stolen. You know, it wasn't, they're not ours to use, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, it's one thing if if you say a prayer to the animal for, for what it is giving you, but it's mm-hmm. another thing when it's, you know, Yep, I'm going to make some money off this.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in Islam, you know, w- there are certain ways in which you have to kill the animal that are, you know, to be humane. You have to right. treat the animal well when you're raising it. And the way you have to kill it, you know, you can't have these horrible ways of, you know, killing it in the non Muslim industry where it's, you know, they see what's happening. They have to watch as they get closer and closer to it. It's like, you know, we, we don't do that in Islam. And I know in Judaism, right, right. they have ways of how you know, kosher. So you've got kosher right. and halal of, you know, how you consume things. And I think it, it's, it's interesting also, you know, punk and Buddhism and perfume, like you can kind of see a little bit of like having spoken with you. It's like, I can see how you have the notes you have.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, mean, I mean, what, we, what, what, I, what I was created, it we decided
0: oh. though? Uh, you, you have you you have a very rich uh, sartorial tradition back to the 1920s from your Lithuanian grandparents. Was that what we decided?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. That was the founding of of my brand. Uh, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> am I oh, taking Lord. a pot shot at Creed? Yes, I am.
1: Yes, yes, uh, and a couple others, but they're the only one that really tries to. Oh my God, don't: my, The my others wife... at least
0: will own up, just like, well, yeah, but we've rebought the brand back, so there's yeah, been or,
1: or at least they're not charging $300 dollars a bottle. Yeah.: uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that is absolutely absurd. Uh, I, th- I can't remember if I mentioned this uh, to you before, but that the oldest known bottle of a Creed perfume is from like 1973. I the knew or- it was
0: 1970 something.
1: Yeah, and it it was uh, what's the, the the orange one? I can't Viking remember Viking or
0: Sandalwood?
1: Of it. No, it's it's like a it's like an orange spice or something like that. It smells almost exactly like uh, Kuros or whatever. From it's like it's a, a, allegedly the same perfumer who who did one for uh, that smells identical in the 80s for Yves Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I can't remember what it is, but, you know, they have this, you know, centuries-old tradition. My favorite is that they say that they use a 4,000-year-old blending method.
0: Bullshit.
1: Yeah. like
0: Haram, I, I mean, know, but I, I'm going to say I, it anyway. That's bullshit.
1: It is. It is. I mean, because unless, unless of course, that 4,000 years ago is when people started mixing two things together, in which case they're not lying.
0: Well, that would be like me going out and starting my own watch company. Like, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to have China make it, and I'm going to pull like a movement or Daniel Wellington and have them make it for me for like $5 a watch. I'll sell it for $200 a pop, and then I'll say it comes from a secret 4,000 year old history, i.e., when people looked up at the sun. And started tracking time across the sky. It is now mine. I created it. I own it. (laughs) I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. It is.
1: It is. It is. I mean, and also the fact is that 4,000 years ago, uh, they weren't blending that in any way that is used now because the way we do it now is better than they were doing it 4,000 years ago. I mean,
0: the only thing I could think of was like, what was it? They had that plant, Silphium, that they used to extinction that we can't get anymore. Okay. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. But again, we don't have that plant. It's not like they're using it. I mean, what are they, are they, like, are they going to try and tell me they're European based? bougie ass brand was somehow hanging around and kicking around there during the time of Gilgamesh and just magically like they're white now and bougie and rich and selling to rich people and that's what we're doing like oh my god I'll say it I'll say it I mean that is that's how stupid it is
1: well and you know the thing is I so I was uh I was talking with some friends about you know, most most brands that get to the level that they have achieved end up getting bought by a larger company.
0: They just and got bought out, and, uh, didn't uh, they?
1: They they did, but it was by like a private equity firm.
0: Uh-oh. I
1: believe something like that, but so, a friend of mine... Ask Toys R Us said, how that
0: worked out for them.
1: Or like anybody who's had that happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's like four stores in my area that have closed because of that. But um, they my friend said that the reason why nobody's bought up Creed is because they don't want to buy the lie. Mm. (laughs) And I just was like, Oh, Oh, good point. Uh, You know, I mean, Estee Lauder isn't going to buy, you know, and then be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, We're going to attach our name to this lie claiming 400 years of tradition or something, whatever it is. I mean, say,
0: You and Uh, I talked about it. Penn Halligan's has the history. And even they admit, like, oh, yeah, we've sold the company a couple of times. And in the 1950s, we almost went completely out. And then what's-her-face? I can't remember her name right now. Came and bought us, and we came back into prominence. And right now they're owned by a Spanish conglomerate. Um, Yeah, I blanked on the name. But it's like they're open about it, and they still have, you know, Blenheim Bouquet. They're like, oh, here's this. We have... I'm blanking on th- their very first one, but it's like the stuff they made a hundred years ago, over a hundred years ago, you can still smell.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. obviously, the formulations and, probably uh,
0: change because of ERFER guidelines, but, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, and just general availability right. of certain things. and But yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, there, there's these brands that Are how I mean, Guerlain—they've got a traceable history, (laughs) you know. And uh,
0: Guerlain has a traceable history. Penhaligans has a traceable history. I know they're more designers. Chanel has a very traceable history. Uh huh. And they get very mad if you try to decant and resell their stuff.
1: I did not know that.
0: Oh, yeah. They will sue the pants off of you if they find out you're selling decants of their fragrances. Really? Yes. Don't. Here's the thing, kids. Don't sell it on eBay. That's how they're going to find you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't... You know, because I was looking for... I wanted to try a, an old Chanel. I can't remember what it was. It was this was like a couple of years ago and I was looking at all the different sites that sell decants and I couldn't find Chanel anywhere. That's why. So because they will would, see you, you,
0: you have to go offline to find those. Yeah. I mean, and they and will it, come at, at you hard. Like,
1: on, uh, on the perfumed court. They have, there's certain ones that you can't buy if you live in New York, which I'd never heard of as being a thing. Uh, but there's certain. I think. I think like Givenchy decants you can't buy. Live in New York from perfume sh- or the perfume court. I always. I keep wanting to say perfume shrine, which is a great blog, but not. A, not a store.
0: Well, I mean, we all have our shrines. Everything we stack our yes. fragrances on. Yes. I mean, yeah. I think it's uh, legal jurisdiction because they're they have a base there. I think,
1: okay. okay. but sure also I know the US,
0: yeah. um, USDA, FDA, USFDA. one of them, one of those agencies, basically it's like for like beauty and cosmetics, you can't resell it. It's actually illegal to resell it in a different package than what you hmm. got it in. So like you can sell okay. a partial bottle if it's in the original bottle, right. but you can't do the decant. You technically can't do the decants. A lot of these sites just kind of skirt it. Um, yeah. But you, can't, you technically cannot resell it outside of its original bottle. And that, I know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just safety guidelines from bygone years. But it's technically, I think, yeah. still not legal. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no I've never actually bought decants, so <laughs> I've, I've thought about it, uh, but I've just, I've never actually done it. So
0: I am uh, a big believer in like sample before you buy, like I am not a fan right. of blind buying um, because it's, you know, I get, I, I've mentioned it before I get scent based migraines. So if I buy something and it kicks off a migraine for me, I can't use that bottle and mm-hmm. I'm just out of it. So yeah. I tried to do a blind yeah. buy for the House of Karen. Karen C A R O N. Karen. Oh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. The Anarchist. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I tried okay. getting the Anarchist and I sprayed it and I get like a migraine a month. And I thought wow. my migraine was done, so I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll try it. It's fine. Who needs to be careful?" new no. i got an extra two days of migraine out of that so i'm like okay i blind bought this thing i can't use luckily john loves that house so i'm like john you get to review this you get the whole bottle it's free it's your early birthday <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow i'll write yeah, it you know, off that's, on taxes that's I've, been, I've been thinking about checking that one out uh, it's good I, I definitely want to get a sample of it first
0: i mean um, i I really enjoyed it, but it just sent me off on a migraine i 'm like well i'm obviously not going to be able to wear this one again
1: yeah, yeah, God, I can't think of any that do that to me i I have a couple that will when I first spray them on, will send me into a little bit of a sneezing fit, but then mm-hmm. after that i and it i i think I think I'm starting to figure out what the the common ingredient is, but I'm not sure, so I don't want to say. But uh, I have a couple that will definitely do that to me. Um, But other than that, I don't really ever seem to experience any negative reactions to perfumes, uh, knock on wood.
0: Yeah, like, I thought that Anarchiste would be okay because normally what sets me off are, like, white florals. I cannot do white florals. Like, the sharp, watery white florals, I just can't do. So, like, a lot of, like, typical women's fragrances, I can't handle. That's why I... You know, most of the stuff I'm reviewing is more unisex or masculine leaning just because I can't wear it. Um, So I was like, okay, well, there's nothing in this one that would really ping me and then it should be safe. It's not like it's super expensive. It'll be fine. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like if I had blind
0: bought a bottle of MEM, I would have been so freaking pissed off at myself. (laughs) I'd have been stuck with it.
1: I've like the only times I've ever done blind buys is when they're like on a crazy sale. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, i i bought I bought a few different Burberry ones off of Fragrance Net, and they 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 were like twenty five dollars a bottle. So I I didn't really feel like I was losing much, and they smelled amazing. And it was like, cool, this worked out. Yeah, oh.
0: like, sometimes it works out, but I'm more along the lines of just, like, why are you guys going to take that chance when you could yeah. get a sample for it? Especially on the more expensive stuff.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, it kills me in some of these fragrance groups when people are, you know, they're talking about about to blind buy, you know, something from Creed, and you're just like...
0: Why? Oh, love you yourself. Have kind
1: of, you have that kind of money, and also, yes, please love yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can spend way less for something that smells better, um, you know, and I don't mean clones or anything like that. I just mean mm-hmm. that, that that there are plenty of things that smell as good or better that don't cost an arm and a leg. So.
0: And I mean, you know, if you've, you're listening to this and you're like, but Corey, but Chad, I just really like Viking, then good for you. Yeah. You know, I like Viking. Rocks, Not but, enough to buy a bottle. <laughs> you know, we're just saying try some other stuff too that might be easier on your wallet when you run out yeah. of that bottle.
1: <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Or just get decants. Yeah. That's that's one way to go with with those expensive ones.
0: My thing, this is something that John and I have talked about, the batch oh
1: I don't God. understand
0: how Aventus, their quality control is so bad on Aventus. And yet they somehow turned it into, oh, it's a big hunt for the perfect batch now. Batch wars. Everybody's documenting the batch. And now it's flown into every other, like, there are other niche houses and indie houses and designer houses that do not have the quality control problems that Creed does that you Mm -hmm. don't have to be like, well, what do you think of this batch? Is this a good batch? It's like, it's not Creed. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the only time I can see with any other perfume caring about the batch number is if they've reformulated it. Right. You know, in which case, it might have changed a little bit. You know, I have, I have a new and, and a vintage bottle of uh, the original green polo, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a slight difference.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got a vintage, what was it, CKB? Okay. C K one, CK. And then I bought a new bottle of it. And I'm like, there's a slight difference. I'm like, I yeah. can tell they reformulated it, but it's close enough for me that I'm like, eh.
1: Yeah. And I mean I, I'm the type that like I have that nose for for, you know, picking out like with the with the polo, is that there's some very minor variations that you know there, there's there's a certain element that I liked in the original that isn't still there but it's mm-hmm. not enough to make me hate it so and again um,
0: that could be caused from a number of things like the guidelines changed on how much of X you can have and whatever right or you know availability
1: so ex- of an ingredient
0: exactly so I mean it's or not some... necessarily that they oh. I'm sorry
1: oh I was going to say I mean it, it can also it can also be that you know the 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 bean counters want to save money and, you know, sell more of these and make more money off of them. So they find a cheaper ingredient to use, but usually that's not the case. It's usually, it's usually a lot of other factors besides. Yeah. I
0: wouldn't assume like, it's just, they're trying to screw me over. That would be maybe my third assumption. My first two assumptions. Anytime I hear about a reformation, Reformation! Wow, we are changing the church of fragrance um, <laughs> about a reformulation. Like my first thought is like, oh, the guidelines change, so now they have to like, oh, we have to change our percentage of bergamot that we're allowed to use in here, or they couldn't get a ingredient.
1: Right? Yeah, and and a lot of those, you know, and it's funny because a, a lot of people they they go on. Oh my god, I've got like so many rants trying to come out of my mouth at the same time that I'm struggling to spit them out with a lot of those things you know one there's the people complaining about oh my god synthetics uh they're most of them are created because the natural is less healthy for you you know if you want natural lily of the valley it's poison
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's literally poison so we use synthetic lily of the valley
0: well i mean part of that is you have that all-natural movement that's been going on for what 15 years now of like all yeah. natural essential oils and like anybody who's done basic science is like um some of that shit's gonna poison you
1: uh-huh yeah yeah or just simply you might have an allergy i God. yeah I was watching that that uh unwell series on netflix and the, the, the first episode is about uh Essential oils, and there was this lady who, you know, she had a rash, so she put some tea tree oil, tea tree oil on it, and then it got worse. And everybody on the on the message boards were like, "Oh, it's not the oils; you're detoxing. Just use more oil." Well, next, like, I can't remember what the what the time frame was, but then suddenly she has this rash spreading all over her body, and she's got welts and blisters, and it's like it was horrific. And, mm-hmm. and nobody who was in that, that, that world of, you know, essential oils cure everything would admit that maybe she had an allergy to tea tree oil because that to them, it's impossible. Well, right. I mean, there's plenty of things that are all natural that are really bad for you. Uh, you don't want to eat, uh, is it peach pits or apricot pits that have, uh, like arsenic in them or something.
0: I mean, I don't think you really want to eat either of them just on principle. But you know, yeah. like hemlock's poisonous. I wouldn't be going around drinking a hemlock concoction. My name isn't Socrates.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or I mean, hell, cocaine.
0: Yeah, or there's <laughs> there's a highly caustic what is it, a wild mustard or a wild Turnip or some wild? No,
1: yeah, it's it's from the mustard uh, family. Uh, Yeah, uh, that
0: causes like those huge, huge, very, very painful, immediate blisters that uh, blow up
1: and scar. I was just reading about those recently. What are what are?
0: I mean, you don't want that in your perfume.
1: Oh no, no, they're horrible. You know, and yeah, that's definitely the way a lot of people go though. Is you know. And, and like with, with, uh, with natural bergamot, it, it, that's, there's a recommended restriction. Every, everything from IFRA is a recommendation. It's not mm-hmm. the law. It's just a recommendation. But for ber- natural bergamot, uh, it has a chemical in it that, ha- that is a sensitizer. And you, if you had just straight up bergamot oil on your skin and you walked out in the sun, you're gonna, your skin is going to bl- uh, blister up. You know, then it'll I mean, get a little crispy. Yeah, it's not good for you, and uh, you know, I some people just don't get that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and, I'm one of those people. It's like I can give or take ambergris. Ambergris, I could give or take it. I freaking love ambroxan. I love oh, ambroxan. Yeah. I love oh, it. Beautiful. I love. It's like the cham- To me, it's the champagne of notes. It's sparkly. Absolutely.
1: I struggle not to put it in my perfumes. Uh, there's, there's times when it's not appropriate for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I'm there's this voice in my head saying, do it, do it, do it.
0: <laughs> well, it's like you <laughs> talked about, like, if you're wanting it. to do a texture. Yeah.
1: yeah. To me,
0: that's, like, a really great way to add some spark to a fragrance. Put in some Ambroxan. Mm-hmm. You want to add yeah. a little element of zing to the bottom of what you're doing? Put in some Ambroxan. Like, yeah. I have... Um, Eccentric Molecules, too. I've got a bottle of that that is one of my go-to gym scents. Yeah. Because I know it's not going to, like, gag people out. But I'm like, I, I would wear that every day if I didn't, you know, have an entire bookcase full of other stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I – uh yeah, that that's just the, – the first time I ever smelled Ambroxan, I was – it just – my jaw dropped. I was like, what is... And it also made sense of why so many fragrances that I've smelled over the years smelled the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it 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 instantly clicked what that thing was that is in so many perfumes that I own.
0: Yeah, um, for me, uh, when I smelled isolated Ambroxan and then when I smelled like just pure undiluted Neroli,
1: mm. yeah. that
0: I realized the first time I smelled neroli by itself was about a decade ago. And I was like, I've been confusing this with lavender. Wow. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but after that, you know, you, you grow to enjoy this, anything when you get to smell the isolated scents. I think it just really enhances how you can appreciate a fragrance.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, and that, that's why I always recommend people check out the, uh, the note study kit that, um, Perfumer's apprentice has. They mm-hmm. send you. Uh, I think it's like forty four milliliter vials of dilu- pre diluted. Uh, uh, the most common fragrance ingredients that you know they've got ambroxan, Isoe super, uh, Bulgarian rose. Uh, I can't remember what type of jasmine, but it's you know a natural jasmine, all that kind of stuff. So you can sit there and smell oh, okay, this is what this is, you know, and, and you can learn to, to break down a perfume just by smelling it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful. That, that was one of the things that I did that, that got me into making perfumes. It's, it's, uh it's a really fun thing to do. And, you know, these days, you know, I get a new perfume and I smell it and I'm, I sit there and I just, the first I don't know, probably 20 minutes I'm just sniffing my wrist trying to figure out what's in there. Sometimes yes. if if it's if it's do- if it's a really well done perfume, sometimes I can't because it's just so complex and so wonderful that I just can't put my finger on it. Um but there's other times where it's just one of the things lately for me is if something has cashmere in it, I can smell it. That's all I smell. Um like uh, my wife frequently wears uh portrait of a lady and I swear all I smell from that is, is cashmere anymore. And uh, I've got a few others that I put them on and I it's just cashmere and is just screaming out of it at me. And which I love, I love cashmere. And it's, it's one of my favorite molecules.
0: But you're in the fi- you're in a bloodhound phase.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely picking out those, those end of- individual molecules almost obsessively so
0: that's how i am with rose right now i didn't used to be Mm. so bad i was like oh rose is nice that's fine i prefer the taste of rose over the scent of it but normally i didn't have a problem like like these last Mm -hmm. five months like i know if something has rose on it i'm like oh
1: yeah it's uh oh man that just made me think of god now i want to drink this coffee this this coffee that we had a while back that had some uh, rose water in it, it was amazing. Rose Anyways, water is amazing. It is. Um, I highly
0: recommend uh, trying some rose water out, especially if you're making lemonade. Ooh. Like rose water and saffron lemonade, like if you love yourself and you can afford it, it is amazing and it will change your life.
1: What? Okay, my mind has officially been blown right now. I've never thought of doing that, and I... If it was safe to go outside, I would go to the store to get some lemonade and try that out. But it is very yeah, unhealthy ro- outside. Rose water,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like if your air quality is crappy right now, like just Amazon it if you can. Otherwise, wait. But like rose water, I would put in just about everything. Like I said, I really enjoy the taste of rose yeah. more than I enjoy the scent. And the taste, and I I know there's people that are listening to this, like, what the heck are you tripping on? You know, rose can be a very acquired taste, I understand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so there was a, there was a, oh gosh, probably two or three years ago, I was at the downtown Seattle Nordstrom and the Lancome counter had this special setup for some new perfume releases. And they had these little treats that went with each perfume. And the idea was that you you smell it, eat the treat, and then smell it again, and notice how your taste changes the way you smell it. And there mm. was this one; it was like this this uh, pistachio caramel and rose. It had rose petals in it, uh, little chewy candy. It was it it, it was it was. Oh my god! I, I want one right now so bad. Um, it was delicious, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, but it was it was it was a really fun experiment of you know sm- smelling this perfume and then eating something that has some um, similar ingredients to it and then smelling it again and noticing how it smells different afterwards because of you know the amount that tastes is affected by smell and you know then you add taste into your mouth and smell something again. and Yeah, it was, right. it was just a fun little thing. I didn't buy a perfume from them, but I thought it was cool. Uh,
0: <laughs> but I bet you would have bought a packet of those little treats if they were selling them.
1: Absolutely. I would I would have bought all of them. Uh, I was tempted to steal them, uh, but there was too many cameras on me. Uh, <laughs>
0: Take it, Ron. You're fine. Um, anyways, we actually have Zoomed through our hour already.
1: Oh, wow. Jeez. I
0: know. These always go by so fast. I'm like, ah, we didn't get yes. done. Um, oh well. Again, if you guys want to check out his fragrances, and I highly, 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 highly recommend you do, um, you can find him on Instagram and on his website. Chad, would you like to tell them where it is?
1: Uh, so the website is adqperfumes.com <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, And so my Instagram is ajdakurel, one word. And uh, I'm also on Facebook. I don't use Facebook as much, but I'm on there as well. But Instagram is where I'm most active.
0: And if y'all are listening on this on like Spotify or, you know, Apple podcast, if you don't know how to spell it, you can go over to our website, thefandommentals.com. We'll have an article that has this particular episode in here. I will have links on there for you, so you can find it there as well. Awesome. We also, because I finally wrote them down. Well, Taylor wrote them down for me, but we do have other podcasts on the Mentals Network. So we have unabashed book snobbery, the Fundamentalist—that's Rom. Ladies first, obviously sartorial splendor, which Chad made super awesome by being on here with me.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: And then you we did also. It. No, it, it's, tra- if, it's if, always if, the if, guests. If it,
1: if it was left up to me, this would have been the most boring hour ever. I, I swear. Uh-
0: <laughs> no, I try to be a little walking chaos ball, and just like the entire, all the episodes are like, "How is this guest going to react to Corey?" Like Amina's like, "Why are you doing this to me, Corey? Why are you? Why, why, why? why did I come back on here?" Amina's gonna be listening to this. It's like I didn't say this. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, Amina. Um, we also have beneath the screen of the Ultra Critics and we have our um, TTRPG, like RPG live play called Faith Forge Academy, which is normally every week that you can check out as well. Don't forget to go check out Chad's shop. Um, he does have samples available. I highly recommend you try them.
1: And I recommend the samples as well. Some people are bold and buy a full bottle, but which they tend to be happy, but I... As much as I hate filling the sample bottles, I love people buying them. You can get a better idea of what you want. Do that.
0: And you can get more fragrances to try that way. I think you get, if you buy the full Explorer kit, you get, what, six? You get the full? Yes. Yeah, so you yes. get six fragrances if you buy the full Explorer kit. So <clears throat> there's plenty of you to, you know, trial out, see what you like. And you get some variety in there. And they are very reasonably priced, especially, you know, for an indie perfumer chad has to eat the costs himself so (laughs) (laughs) thank you again chad for being on here hopefully you guys stay safe up north where you're at i know by the time this episode ends they're gonna be like why are they still talking about the fire well i don't know actually this is 2020 we may not be here by the time this episode ends airs (laughs) who
1: knows who knows i mean it it could happen so (laughs) Thank you,
0: guys. Be careful. (laughs) Make sure you're all wearing a mask and go vote this November if we're all still here.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.